Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Hey, good to see all of you. Let's see who we got here. I'll be so thankful when we all get to get together and get close, right? But I'm glad you guys are here. It's really good to see you. It makes a difference having people here in the house. And um, it's, I can say that because for two months, there was no one in the house. And we were here. So it, it does make a difference to have you and to, to let your souls and your spirit soar in the kingdom with worship. And hallelujah. It's good, 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 good. I, like, I know you've been standing, you were standing for a while, but I'd like you all to just stand up again right now. You don't have to put your mask on, it's okay. But during worship, I was just really feeling like, um, I was feeling like there's a, a lot of power in this room because Christ is in you and he is the hope of glory. And I would just like us right now to make a declaration and in just a statement of faith to just say, Goodbye to this virus. Can we just do that? Goodbye, virus. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit down. That was awesome. That's great. I believe there's power in that. It's, it's a declaration. A declaration like that is a powerful prayer. It's a prayer of the righteous, and it delivers, and it avails much. And Thank God for that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get right into this. I uh, have several things. You know, it's Pentecost Sunday, which is a very powerful um, celebration. And Pentecost was actually a Jewish feast. I don't know how many of you knew that. But it was a Jewish feast before it ever became a um, Christian celebration. And um, I'm going to share just, I hope I can get to it a little bit. I have the title of this message is Faith, Grace, and Suddenlies. So I'm hoping I can get to the suddenlies on this, but I just want to do a little, uh, touch a little base on uh, faith and grace. And um, I, I know many times I feel like when I when I preach these kind of messages, it's like preaching to the choir because you guys are so amazing. You've been some of you've been here for years. And anyway, I'll get right into this. Romans chapter three twenty says, "Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin." Now, this is a very powerful and exciting scripture. And I know we've read this and we've seen it, and we've looked at it. But this is a very powerful and exciting Bible verse. Because in this verse contains the glory of our salvation. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. That is awesome. It's a part of the story that we will continue in just a minute. No flesh will be justified in his sight. Pretty much takes the glory right out of our doing what we think we should be doing. You get that? It, takes, it just sucks the glory right out of what we think we should be doing. And the law is constantly rehearsing to us what we should be doing. It's constantly saying, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. 
No flesh will be justified in his sight by the shoulds and the shouldn'ts. That's good news. I don't know about you, but this totally set me free when I caught a revelation of this because I realized that all the stuff that I thought I was doing to make myself a better Christian and a more powerful believer and and build my faith levels up and the whole thing, all that stuff that I thought that I was doing that the law kept saying, you should be doing more, you should be doing more, you should be just pushing, 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 adding pressure upon pressure, line upon line, rules and regulations and, and traditions and the whole thing, all of that... I had to look at it and say, I don't know, it looks like it doesn't do any good. If no flesh can be justified in his sight, it's not doing any good. And the only thing that it was really doing was empowering the knowledge of sin in my mind. That's what's so powerful about this verse. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And if you have a list of rules and regulations and shoulds and should haves then you're, you've, you've left the grace by which you've been saved and you've pulled yourself back under the law of the shouldn'ts and the shouldn'ts. And all you're going to do is continue to add to the knowledge of sin in you. It's just going to keep telling you, you got, you got issues, you got problems. You're, you know, I mean, this is a common phrase that we hear in Christianity today um, a lot. You know, I'm just, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, you are saved by grace, but you're no longer a sinner. (laughs) And the law will make you think you are. And let me tell you, we we are governed by law as people. I I, I think I just have to clarify this issue, because we are governed by law, and people need laws to be governed by. They're important. They kind of keep things going. But when it comes to the area of faith, when it comes to the area of, um, of how God governs, he doesn't govern by laws. He governs by relationship and by love. And that's what's so powerful about this whole deal with grace, with this, this whole unlocking. Because love does not keep a record of wrongs. The law does, but love doesn't. So God is love, right? The Bible tells us that. God is love, then he's not keeping record of your wrongs and my wrongs. Now, you guys are all wrong. I don't have any. So if you, wanna, if, if you want to stay wrong, just keep living in the wrong and the should-haves and the shouldn'ts because the law will just keep rehearsing in your mind that you've got issues. But I want to live in the righteousness of God. I want to live by his righteousness I want to live according to his finished work, not mine. God is love, and love keeps no record of wrongdoing. And listen, keeping records of wrong, this is a tough truth. Keeping records of wrong of others and keeping records of wrong of yourself is just law. I have to remind myself of this quite frequently, actually, because I, I, there are plenty of times that I've gotten offended by maybe what people haven't done or what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Anybody else in here feel that weight on you at times? And I, I just have to realize that, you know what, that's law, not love. 
You know, we're, we're uh, building up a record against people. That's what the law does. Love releases forgiveness and acceptance and pulls us into a relationship. Now, for, for many years, I felt like if, if too many people messed up too much, that was pretty much it. I would write them off. I'm just being honest with you. I'd just write them off. If they did too much wrong, if they did too much offending, if they, if they didn't straighten out, if they, they weren't acting right, weren't behaving right, I'd just write them off. And what was I doing? I was putting them in the law of doings instead of the law of love. And inside of my soul, my mind, the way that I think, the way that I process, I couldn't separate their doings from themselves as a person. And aren't you glad that God doesn't treat us like that? And aren't you glad I changed? I'm glad I changed. Because it was a terrible place to live in. Just horrible. And this is the beauty of grace, is that we are saved by grace, through faith. And faith taps into the, our justification through grace. Faith taps into the fact that we have been justified by grace, not by our efforts. I don't know, this is... I mean, you, 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 you get this, okay, because right now we're all in church together. We're the choir. We're singing praises and glorifying God. But when we're, when we're alone, what's going on in, in, your, in your deepest core of your being? Are, are there accusations stirring against you? Are there things that are coming up against you? Are there um, thoughts that are there that you're just, not, you're just not the perfect Christian like you know you should be? Or you just can't seem to get enough healings or enough miracles or you just can't seem to just live right you know and someone gets upset at you and mad at you you get angry back and react you know shame on you what's the matter with you do you have that stuff going on inside of you do we do we get that stuff going on inside of us if we do you have to remind yourself that's living under the law not under grace and we have to tell ourselves this we can't let it just keep going on and escalating because it will escalate. It's the knowledge of sin. That's all it produces. And so what we need to do is we need to keep reminding ourselves we are saved by grace. We are children of the King. We have come into faith because His grace ushered us in. By grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own works so that no one can boast. And really, this, this really helps release us from this records of wrong, the records of wrongdoing. We, we can see plenty of wrongdoing to, even today. Right? We can see that. And we can also judge it according to the law. But we can also, as believers, rise up and make declarations to say, this, this is not going to happen 
By faith, I'm going to make decrees and I'm going to make declarations. And I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to stand strong. Because I'm a child of king. We get to live like Jesus, right? He lived on this earth. We get to walk like him on this earth. We get to approach things the way he approached them. And I look around, I see this rioting that's going on. and the, the, It's like, don't you just feel like, I know, I know it's really tempting right now for some of us to just feel like, can we just get off this planet and just get to heaven? Can we just, you know, can we just move this time along? But I don't think God really wants us thinking like that and living like that. I think he wants us to live out of solutions. To know how to pray. I mean, there's sometimes we don't know how to pray. So what do we do in, in that situation? We ask the Holy Spirit because he makes intercessions for us that we don't know how to make. And that's a good thing for us to do right now. It's just... Lord, how do you want me to pray in this day? How, how do you want me to approach this? Uh, there's a scripture in Hebrew that says, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And it would be easy to see there's a lot of neglecting of salvation today in the world. It would be easy to be able to look around and see that people have turned their backs on God. They've turned their backs on his way. They've turned their, their backs on his laws and his standards. And they decided to pursue their own way. And it's easy to just say, well, they're just getting what they're pursued. But that's not really a solution. That's a diagnosis to a problem. We carry solutions. We get to be, we get to be able to be the people who can walk in love, even towards those that we don't agree with. I, there have been um, times in my life where if I didn't agree with someone, I let them have it. I've had to back off of that because I realize it's like the wrongdoing thing. It's like the law. It's just another response to the law and not a grace. Now when someone says something, especially if it's in the area of COVID-19 or whatever, if they say something or post something on Facebook, I leave it alone. Not my problem. I don't have to fix this. I just get to be a solution of God's love. I get to stand in what I know that he has revealed to me. I get to stand in that, and that gets to be my measure. I don't adopt other people's measures. I have my own measure for all this. And I, I believe it goes back to something in just trusting that Jesus Christ is in me. He has set me free. He has brought me all along COVID-19 is not a surprise to Jesus. It wasn't like this came out of the woodwork and he just went, oh my, what is this? I loved what Lynn shared last week where she took us through the timeline of back in January when um, I spoke that word and how Marios came in in the beginning of March and had that word for us as a church about us being a church of healing. And, and that whole timeline that was just going along, that she brought us back to the place to remind us that before COVID was ever on the map, this is what the Lord was showing us. So that's the place that we need to anchor ourselves. Not live in fear, not be worried, not think really. Do you really think the world is just going to come to an end because of COVID-19? No. Have there been other problems like this in other times in history? Absolutely. So how do we anchor ourselves and how do we present ourselves we just keep walking in God's love and we keep understanding that his gift 
is the greatest gift. And neglecting salvation, it's, it's really, if you look, you can go all the way back to the beginning in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve neglected God's order back there. And neglecting salvation is the same kind of thing. And it's been going on for a long time. And it's something that, that we, get to, we get to overcome. We get to overcome that neglect because we haven't neglected salvation. We've embraced it. Because we embrace salvation, we receive it. Because we receive it by faith, we get to grow in that knowledge of salvation, not the knowledge of what we need to do to improve ourselves. <laughs> I, I just... Oh, I just feel like sin is sin. And God's righteousness is God's righteousness. And that is bigger and better than sin. More powerful than sin. You and I will never be able to justify ourselves in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own understanding by creating the record-doing solution. Like we're keeping record. We'll never be able to perfect ourselves. We'll never be able to do it. The only way that we get to do this is by embracing the righteousness of God that comes through comes through Christ. And let me tell you, the good news of all this is that God is a good sin eraser. He's far better at it than we are. I love what the the scripture says. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no more. That's a pretty good job, I think. We can try to remove our sins, but we somehow keep remembering them, don't we? It's because we get ourselves under the law and not just walking in grace. That we we have been made righteous according to his standard, not ours. Only God can erase sin consciousness. He's the only one that was able to take away Adam's sin, and he took away Adam's sin. Jesus Christ became the last Adam. He became the Adam that established righteousness and overcame the unrighteousness of the first Adam. So what this means is that we might have natural DNA tied to Adam because our DNA goes back to there in, in the natural. But our spiritual DNA is tied to the last Adam. And because our spiritual DNA is tied to the last Adam through faith, we rise above the old Adam, the first Adam. We, we, come, we overcome it. We come over that and we move into the last Adam and we walk in his righteousness. That's, that's us. Romans 3 says this, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Wow. What is that saying? It's saying that Everybody's got this record of wrongdoing stuff going on inside of them, and it's, it's causing them to fall short. When we turn to Jesus Christ, when we trust in his finished work, when we walk in the grace that he's provided, what happens? 
We overcome that record of wrongdoing. We overcome that thing which was first found in the very beginning. For all sin and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't mean that all will continue to sin. It means that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when you turn to Christ, he takes away the sins and he removes it. And he keeps no more records of your wrongdoing. Hey, let me tell you, we have a good God to do that. I mean, we didn't, I don't know about you, but I did nothing to deserve that. And yet, he freely gave of his grace. So this is how Paul concludes in this. Therefore, I conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. What that means is that we walk by faith in the same way that we are justified by faith. And what that means is that we rest in the faith given to us and we don't try to produce our own. It's pretty crazy when you think that you could try to produce your own faith. It, it's, it's crazy because it actually takes a picture of someone who is actually living under the law. We can't make our faith better than what God has made it. Because he gave us faith. We don't make it better. It grows. Each of us are given a measure. I got that. I understand that. But it grows, and it can grow, and it can develop. But it grows through relationship and love, not through our efforts and through our struggles and through our consistency. Because God operates his government through relationship and love. And let me tell you, Jesus said this about faith. He said, if you have the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to move mountains. And if you turn to Jesus and you've come to him and you're saved by grace through faith, then guess what? You've got a mustard seed. You've got a mustard seed going on there. And when you come to Jesus, you come to the mountain mover. And he moves good mountains. He moves mountains. He is a good mountain mover. So you and I, we've entered the mountain moving zone. We're already there. It's a done deal. It's the the righteousness of God. It is him in us that causes us to move into the mountain moving zone. And by faith, we can move mountains. By faith, we can talk to things that we... That are, that are unseen. We can create things that are unseen. I, I like what the New Testament says. It says that he is able to bless us beyond what we can even imagine. And I believe it says that for a purpose. Because if we can imagine it, then we can probably create it. But if we can't imagine it, we can see beyond even our imagination and let faith go into the heights and let it go into the places of the heavens. If we can live that... And walk that. If we can just say, by grace, I have been given this level of faith. Then the battle's won. Your striving is over. It's just a matter of walking in trust and walking in relationship with him. He grows the rest. Now this is really what it means. Is without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it, it, it's not, let, let me say it like this. Faith or more faith isn't something you hope for. It's not like, it's not like, oh, I just wish I had more faith. No, 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 it's not like, if you have faith, you have faith. If it's the size of a mustard seed, you have faith that can move a mountain. 
You have faith that can heal the sick. You have faith that can raise the dead. You have faith that can cleanse lepers. You have faith that can move all things. Yeah, put your hand right here on your heart and just say, I have faith to move mountains. I have faith to heal the sick. I have faith to raise the dead. Phew. It's not something you hope for. See, when you hope for something, it means you don't have it. It means you're hoping that you'll get it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Not the other way around. I hope that I can get more faith. No. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. No one hopes for what they already have. We hope for the things that we don't yet have. And so faith is not hoping for more faith. I mean, hope is not hoping for more faith. You and I have been given great faith. Something we don't have to hope for. Oh, if I could just get more of it. I understand, because that's law thinking. But grace thinking says, I've been given it all. I have it already. It's already mine. That thinking had to develop in me over a long period of time. And when it finally, I remember when it finally clicked, it was like, I don't have to strive to make healing happen. God's already given me the faith to make healing happen. I just need to walk it out. Practice it and try it. And boy, did I practice. And boy, did I mess up. And boy, did the law say, see? Oh, yeah, right. And boy, did I say, no, I am going to believe what's been given me and not what I see happening. By grace we are saved through faith. And righteousness is given by God's grace. Not by our efforts and not by our works. And now I am going to get into this. The suddenlies. And this is going to be really fast. But I'm going to do this real fast. Acts chapter 1. They were assembled together and with them Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which my Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. To me in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto all the earth. In Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind that lifted the whole house where they were, and, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Very quickly, when they were gathered together in that upper room, they didn't know what to expect. Jesus said, go there 
and wait till you receive power from on high. I can guarantee you their prayer meeting that they had together did not consist of praying for fire, praying for tongues, praying for a mighty rushing wind. They were simply watching and praying like he had taught them to do back in the garden. Watch and pray. I think many, of our, many times in our, in our lives as uh, believers today, many times we treat faith like it's a formula. And we treat God like he's the formula maker and that we have to follow a certain criteria in order to receive something more from him. But by grace, he's given it all. By grace. Think about those guys. They, they were in that upper room. They had never experienced anything. They'd never read about it somewhere else. They'd never seen about it somewhere else. They'd never experienced anything like that. They weren't expecting exactly to happen what had happened. But they were expecting God to show up and give them power from on high. And because he's such a good God, and he's full of grace and he's full of mercy, that's exactly what he did. Let's stand and pray together. This is so fun having people here. I can actually say, let's stand and, and pray together. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you're looking at a camera and you're the only one in the room. But this is so nice. It's good to see Kathy and Charlie here too. Wonderful couple up in New Ipswich. Glad you came all the way out here in south to us. Father, I want to thank you for this great people. I thank you for this house. I thank you for all that you're investing and all that you're showing and all that you're teaching us. That you govern us by relationship and love and by grace. You have mercy for us. Help us to have mercy for others. Even those who post all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Help us to just show love and affection and mercy and and not to react. I bless this house, Lord. I thank you for the wisdom that is in this house, the wisdom that that is in every believer here. We thank you for your divine protection, your supernatural love, and your supernatural covering in our lives. And Lord, just like Paul and Silas were in the jail in Acts chapter 16, and they were singing at midnight unto you, praising God. And suddenly the earth quaked, and their mask all fell off their face. Oh, wait, that was their chains. Oh. God bless you guys. You have a great day. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.